Hi everyone, it's Sunday, January 30th here in the Philippines. My name is Tom Kuntz and this is my first ever Znuckcast. For those of you wondering, Znuck is just my last name spelled backwards. And as a father of seven and a grandfather of 13 and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I've had some marvelous experiences over the last 58 years of my life here on this earth. My hope is to share some experiences, stories, some insights, and perhaps some spiritual musings that have been a part of my journey here in mortality. My hope, my plan, is to keep these Znuckcasts short, meaningful, and worth listening to. So with that, let's get started. Hello everyone. I thought I'd start my first Znutcast with my conversion story to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You see, I was raised as a Catholic. My dad was LDS, but was very inactive. My mom was Catholic, and the agreement she had with my dad was that we could be raised Catholic as long as she would allow us to choose our own faith once we became of age, whatever that meant. Trouble was that more than being raised Catholic, we were actually being raised anti-Mormon, as my mom seemed to resent my dad's family always trying to teach her about the LDS Church. When my older brother decided to be baptized and become a Mormon, I was confused and, quite honestly, even a bit angry at him. He had been dating an LDS girl, and as that got serious, his interest in the church got serious. I concluded he was joining the church for her. I mean, what else could it be? We lived in a predominantly Mormon community, Blackfoot, Idaho. Many of my closest friends were Mormon. However, I also had a lot of non-Mormon friends who shared my inaccurate perceptions of Mormon doctrine. As a senior in high school, I had my life planned. I'd been accepted in the University of Idaho, where I planned to pursue an undergraduate in business and then a law degree. I wasn't clear about my own faith, though. I tried to make Catholicism important in my life, but I simply could not find a spiritual connection. I had a good friend in high school who had always been a great example to me. He didn't swear. He always took the high road when the rest of us would talk bad about others. His name was Craig Loveland. Craig had invited me to play basketball with his ward basketball team. I loved basketball and was excited to play even then, knowing it meant I had to attend church once a month in order to be eligible. While I have to say I didn't particularly enjoy attending those meetings because they were so different from my own Catholic faith, I did enjoy the friendships I was developing with the other kids at church. I remember the Sunday school class was taught by a sister Johnson. She was the mom of one of the kids I played basketball with. She was always so kind and welcoming. However, it was not enough to keep me interested, and as soon as basketball was over, I stopped attending. In March of my senior year, that was 1975, I was asked to participate in a high school play. The play was called Adrift in New York. I knew many of the kids in the play, so it wasn't a big deal to participate, and to be honest, I sort of felt honored to be asked. I was not particularly socially adept, and I thought this might give me an opportunity to to become a, a bit better and do something that, out of my comfort zone. It was during those play rehearsals that I met LaDawn Ogden. I knew she was a member of the church because her virtue shined in her eyes. I also knew her brother from the track team. Over the seven weeks of practice and performance of that play, LaDawn and I developed a friendship that was motivating to me. I would never had such a pretty, kind, and virtuous girl show any interest in me. <laughs> I have to admit, I was smitten. Despite really liking LaDawn, I had no confidence when it came to girls, so I flirted with her but never asked her out on a date. You see, I had no confidence she would even go with me. I knew she was a Mormon, 
And as a non-member, I did not really think that a Mormon would go on a date with a non-member. Fortunately for me, she asked me to a girl ask boy dance where we went with a group of about 10 couples. I have to say, I had never had so much fun in my entire life. I began seeing more and more of her, and sometime in May of that year, she told me that we had to talk before we both got hurt. That was our first serious discussion about religion. From that discussion, she invited me to attend state conference with her, which I did. Her dad at the time was in the state presidency, and wouldn't you know that his topic was not dating non-members. Ugh, I came away deflated. But LaDon continued to believe in me. Because I had been essentially anti-Mormon for so long, it was really difficult to overcome the feelings I had had. I had a lot of misconceptions that I didn't know were true. Weren't true. LaDon gave me a book titled, Is There an Answer?, that was written for seminary students to help them overcome negative questions from non-members. I really studied that book, but refused to look up any scriptures in the Book of Mormon. I would only look up scriptures in the Bible. It took me a couple of months, but after my own study, I began to warm up to the thought that maybe the LDS Church wasn't such a bad church after all. I mean, I had the example of my good friends that were Mormon, and there was an undeniable light in their lives that I lacked. I was actually envious of friends like Craig Loveland, Curtis Matthews, Caroline Higginson, and many others. These were kids that were socially smooth, kind to others, didn't curse, lie, or cheat. The more I studied the book LaDon gave me and thought about my LDS friends, the more I could see an alignment between what the Bible was teaching and the way they lived their lives. In June of that year, I agreed to meet with the missionaries. Elder Jim Russell was the only missionary that stayed with me through the next two months. Elders Nance and Flake were the other two. They were good missionaries. I remember vividly the day that Elder Russell told me that he loved me. No one other than my mom, when I was young, had ever said that to me. It really shook me and made me wonder what the source of such a great love could be. Over that summer, between my own study and meeting with the missionaries, I came to the conclusion that the church was good. I believed it was true. To be honest, my roots were pretty shallow. I agreed to be baptized in early August. I began to develop a testimony of Joseph Smith through the Book of Mormon. But I still struggled to know there was a living prophet on the earth. Elder Russell told me just to keep praying to know if President Kimball was a prophet, and I agreed I would. I remember Craig coming over either the day before or the day I was going to be baptized. I'd not told anyone because it was such a big decision for me. I, I didn't think anyone would really understand the change in me. I'm not sure how he found out about it, but I think it came through his parents from LaDon's parents. He was so excited for me. He felt bad he couldn't attend my baptism because he had something else going on that he couldn't change. But his parents ended up coming. Over the next month, lots of things changed. I traveled to Provo and asked my brother to baptize me. He, he was shocked because I had been so angry at him at the time he had joined the church. The next week, I was baptized in Blackfoot. Problem was, this was not my ward. I was in the Pocatello 44th ward where Craig attended. This is where having those friendships really helped me. LaDon's dad said I needed to go to my own ward so I could get the priesthood. Well, that was pretty scary to me because it was all still so new. I was thankful for that Sunday school class and all the boys I'd play basketball with. It made the transition so much easier. During that month, I also decided to attend college at BYU instead of the University of Idaho. That meant I had to sign up for night classes for the first semester, but everything fell in place and I was able to get in. One of the greatest experiences of my life happened shortly after starting at BYU. President Kimball had come to BYU to dedicate the new J. Reuben Clark Law School. I worked as a custodian in the morning, and so as I walked from work down to the student union building with a co-worker, we could see the dedication from a distance standing on the bridge between the Wilkinson Center and the law school. 
We got there just as a closing prayer was offered. My co-worker walked towards the Wilkinson Center as we parted, and I walked towards the law school, hoping to catch a glimpse of President Kimball. I was still struggling with the idea of modern prophets, so I felt this was my chance to get a glimpse of him, maybe a little bit closer up. As I came down the circular sidewalk from the bridge, President Kimball was walking out. It was, as if he, it was as if he knew my prayer as he walked right up to me and shook my hand. In that moment, the Spirit confirmed his role as a prophet, and I never looked back. I knew that God had answered the prayer of a new convert that needed to be strengthened. That was 1975. A year later, I served a mission in the Germany Munich mission. I came back home in 1978, and four months later, LaDonna and I were married. After graduating from BYU in 1981, I took a job with Shell Oil in Houston. Now, 35 years later, I can scarcely fathom the blessings that have come to me because of that decision to be baptized in 1978. We have seven children, all endowed and worthy temple recommend holders. The four who are married have all married in the temple. All of the boys and two of the girls have served missions. We have 13 beautiful grandchildren. I have had the privilege of serving as a bishop in a stake presidency. All I can say is that the gospel works. My life is better than I had ever imagined it could be or would be. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Ghost. How grateful I am for the blessings of the restored church. So what made a difference for me? LDS friends who cared about me and invited me to participate with them in church activities. I know of a number of these friends that saw things in me that I did not see in myself. I am confident that they prayed for me and listened to the still small voice about how to help me. I'm so grateful for the youth of the church and the incredible example they set for me. They made me want to be more like them. One more quick antidote. While in high school, Craig and I were playing flag football during lunchtime. Craig went to pull a flag and instead caught the end of the belt. When he tugged, he dislocated his shoulder. He was in incredible pain. I had a car, so I agreed to take him over to the hospital. All the way over, Craig moaned in pain. When I hit a bump or went over an track, it must have been like a knife being turned on in his shoulder. Craig knew that I had a pretty loose tongue when it came to cursing, and he knew that if I that if he cursed, I would understand that it might even make him make, make, might even elevate him in my eyes. But despite that pain, not a single bad word escaped his mouth. This really confused me. What could possibly be so important to him that he could keep him from swearing while in such great pain? I now understand the answer to that question. Well, thanks everyone for listening. That's it. That's the first ever Snubcast. I hope there'll be more. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, it's just a bit of myself laying out there and hopefully sharing it with my kids and my grandkids. Until we meet again, have a great day and keep the faith.